Awesome. Hey, Zio Church. So today we're going to look together in a bit more depth at the final part of the story that we've been reading these last three weeks. The story is this beautiful encounter moment between Philip and the Ethiopian unit, and it's found in the New Testament in the book of Acts. Pastor Matt and Pastor Amy, they broke down the first part of the story so well, and they encouraged us on how we can respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and how we can stretch ourselves in proximity with people. In the story so far, which is found in Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 39, we see that Philip was listening to God and acted on what God was telling him to do. We see that Philip positioned himself, and this took effort, and risk as he got close with this Ethiopian. And we see that Philip noticed what the Holy Spirit was already doing. And today, I want to share with you what I've learned about what happens next. And that is the importance of the process and the journey of faith. And all of this is so relevant to us now, especially as we're isolating. In the moments of our day, let's be open to those nudges from God. Let's come alongside people, meeting with them where they are at, and then let's journey with them. Remembering that finding faith in Jesus is a process. As Amy pointed out last week in verse 30, Philip took initiative and asked the question. He said, do you understand what you're reading? He asked a good question. And we can do that too. With people, let's have good conversations. We're really listening to them. Because then we'll be able to find out whether, where they are at in their spiritual journey. And I love this bit. The Ethiopian replies and says, how can I understand this passage unless someone explains it to me? And there is a Greek word used here, which is hadageo, and it means someone who guides me, someone who journeys with me. And I love this. The Ethiopian is saying, I need you to travel with me, to start where I am and help me to where I need to get to. And so we're going to be looking at five things from the rest of this story that helps us understand how we can be a little bit more like Philip. We can trust and obey God as he leads us to journey through life and faith with people. And so after the Ethiopian replies to Philip, we have our first point, point one. Philip was ready to explain. He knew his Bible and he pointed it to Jesus. In verse 35, it says, so beginning with the same scripture that the Ethiopian was reading, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Philip led this Ethiopian to faith in Jesus Christ. And we need to be prepared to share our story, to share what we believe, to share the good news of Jesus. Philip gets 
to a place in the journey where the Ethiopian is ready to hear this. He is searching through scripture. And this is why in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it tells us, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope you have. Be ready to give the reason for it, but do it gently and with respect. Philip was prepared. He knew his Bible. He knew his gospel. He knew his God. And this encourages us that the more we spend time with our God, the better equipped we'll be and we'll be ready to journey with people. As we embark on this journey, coming alongside people, point two, expect God to use you in a big way. Trust that God can use you. Straight after this verse in 36, they are both now in the chariot and they're riding along. And while Philip is here taking this God opportunity to help somebody understand about Jesus, this Ethiopian is like, stop. I hear what you're saying and I want to get baptized. I mean, how amazing is this? Through journeying together, the Ethiopian wanted to become a Christian and get baptized. But you know what's more crazy is that Philip doesn't even seem surprised. He's just like, yes, let's go, and was ready to baptize him. There is a sense of expectation. Philip seems expectant that this detour wasn't just for nothing. And I felt personally challenged by this. I was like, wow, in this short encounter, um, this guy wants to get baptized. I mean, I've had many conversations with people, but it's never led to an immediate baptism. But at the same time, hearing this, I also felt really encouraged as we too can expect and trust that God will use us to help others to take big steps to Jesus. Point three, Philip was a part of this Ethiopian's faith journey. After he baptizes him, I find this funny because in verse 39, Philip was then transported. It says he was snatched away to another area, leaving this new Ethiopian Christian. Firstly, this is pretty cool. This is kind of like some cool teleportation going on here. But secondly, what this shows us is that we can be used powerfully in someone's faith journey. Maybe for a moment, maybe for a season, or maybe for a longer period of time. But the importance is, number four, keep going. Because after this amazing moment between Philip and the Ethiopian, after he's suddenly, he suddenly transported to another city, what does he do? He continues to share the good news. This miraculous sign shows the urgency that there was to share the good news. So let's keep sharing with people. Um, and let's keep sharing with people who God brings into our paths. Number five, don't limit what God can do. So let's recap quickly. Philip was one of the first to preach the gospel outside of Jerusalem. And as we start reading Acts 8, he's actually escaping Jerusalem because he's going to get killed. He goes to Samaria where he continues to preach the gospel. And while he's there, 
the angel told him to meet with this Ethiopian on the desert road. Through Philip's effectiveness in sharing the gospel, this man becomes a believer. And then through him, an entire nation is affected with the good news. Don't limit what God can do. And praise God for that moment in history. Praise God for the resurrection of Jesus. Praise God for Philip and those part of the early church. And praise God for the Holy Spirit that was upon them. Because it's through all of this, through their boldness, through their courage, that we can stand here today knowing about Jesus. Right now in your circumstance, don't limit what God can do through you. So those are the five points. And while I was thinking about this whole story, this week in my current circumstance, I've been self-isolating for four weeks. I had a beautiful and short moment so I got a call from the NHS Track and Trace, and they are lovely people who they call regularly, they check up on you, they see how you're doing, they make sure you're isolating, and they see if there's any way that they can help you. And this week, I spoke to a woman who was called Joanna, and she called me and she was like asking how I'm doing. And in the conversation, with my responses, she commented and she said, Alex, you're so positive. In that moment, I had a Holy Spirit nudge to tell her that quite frankly, what she could sense from this phone call and conversation was only because of Jesus. She was like, you've had four weeks of self-isolation, now leading into a lockdown and you're so positive. And I just said it, I was just like, you know what, Joanna? The reason I'm able to be like this is because of Jesus. I am able to maintain joy because my hope is in Jesus through this crisis. He has sustained me. His peace and his strength has carried me through it all. And every day I am able to have this different mindset. Little did she know that this week I've actually been feeling pretty fragile. Um, but even in my current weakness, Jesus is my reality. Jesus is my hope. After I mentioned this to her, she was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And I was like, yes, Joanna, that is amazing. We continued a little bit of convo and, um, and how like we were talking about like how during these times, it's really important to maintain the right positive attitude. And then I ended up complimenting her and encouraging her. And it was such a real moment of two strangers connecting on the phone call, hearing where we were both at and just sharing. Did I lead Joanna to Jesus in that moment? No. Did I believe she got closer, a little bit closer to Jesus that day? Yes. I played a small part in her journey of faith. And that's the importance of the process. We must believe that God is drawing people, pursuing people. We need to remember that at any point in time, people are either moving towards Jesus or moving away from Jesus. I don't know this lady, Joanna, but even with people I do know, we have the option to pray and act so that all our interactions with people will help them make steps towards Jesus that God can use us in a real and authentic way. 
whether it's in conversation or just how we are, which is different to this world, that will help them make steps towards Jesus. But what Philip is showing us is that we can actually be bolder and more courageous. And in all of this, we have to be patient, playing our part and trusting in God's timing. Philip reminds us to start where people are at, not where we would like them to be. Philip starts where the Ethiopian is and then journeys with him to get to Jesus. Faith is a process, a journey. And look at your own journey and you can see the process that you've been on yourself. And so what does the importance of the process mean for us today? We are all called to walk with people in their journey of life, prayerfully and practically introducing them to Jesus. You might think about how I don't feel confident. Um, I don't feel ready myself to share Jesus with others. But then you're missing the point. He's not asking us to be perfect. He doesn't need you to know every answer. He doesn't need more pastors. He just needs you. Sharing Jesus, sharing what you've learned in the spheres of influence that you have and where he's placed you now. I'm learning, we're all learning, and today I've shared with you what I've learned through this passage, and you can share what you've learned. Share the gospel, share what God has done with you. Even if you don't feel like you're modeling what you think it means to be a Christian. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 11, it says, But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, because for when I am weak, then he, God, is made strong. And so let's take a leaf from Philip. What he did is he led with questions, not answers. Especially during this season, we don't have the answers, but we have God. And so start where people are, understand where they are, which means we need to get better at listening than speaking. Hear their story and see God, how God is already at work in them and encourage them Share Jesus all along, remembering that we are fellow travelers. We are all still learners. We don't have all the answers, so let's not pretend that we do. It's okay to say, I don't know. But again, what we do have is we have God and the opportunity to learn. By the way, if you feel like you need to understand more about God, then I actually highly recommend investing in a study Bible. And I pray that you will be hungry to learn more about God, listen to preachers, and just be hungry to learn more so that we can all be better prepared and ready to journey with people. And so today, as we draw to a close, 
more than ever during this time, we are called to come alongside others. We're called to meet them where they are at and help them understand more about the good news of Jesus, which, by the way, is universal and timeless. I loved last week's interview with Toju in her own growth in faith this year. Toju was able to lead her friends to Christ, which is just such an amazing like, thing ever. It's like the best thing ever. And through the promptings from God, the proximity that she shared with her best friend and sharing Jesus through her journey, her friend was able to have a beautiful encounter with Jesus. And now this friend knows Christ. Wow, what a process. And I want to encourage you today that your journey has a purpose. We were created to live now during these times to spread the good news. Let the good news become a reality in your life. Maybe you need a refreshing of this realization. So I pray, let's be effective like Philip. I pray that we can show God's word and how it applies to people around us. And I pray that we will be able to be used by God for everyone, everywhere. When I look at my faith journey, there have been people who have like sprinkled Jesus into me throughout, you know, maybe it was through a moment or maybe a season. And then there have been people who have come alongside me for longer periods of like the phone call I had with Joanna, my short encounter, I don't know if I will ever speak to her again, but that interaction, I did something. And I pray that in her life, there will be more other interactions for her to know Jesus and for other people to come alongside her in her faith journey. And that's what the whole book of Acts was. It was moments of sharing the good news that spread into a movement. So don't limit what God can do and, um, and don't limit the power of what sharing the good news can have. And so to conclude, we are called to make disciples who make, we are called, sorry, to be disciples who make disciples. And what would this demand? Commit to embrace the promptings of the Spirit. Commit to embrace the proximity to people. And commit to embrace the process in growing in faith.